0: From this episode of our podcast, we share updates on Southern California's stay-at-home order, where it stands now, and what it continues to mean for San Diego's dining scene. Also, it's been a few months since we talked about the impact of the coronavirus pandemic on our local craft brewing scene, so today we speak with the founder of San Diego Society Brewing Company all about that.
1: Like many local craft brewers during these pandemic restrictions, society has pivoted to canning and selling its beers to-go, and that has yielded some pretty great results for the small brewery.
2: I promise you, every can we sell does not go unnoticed, and I'm grateful for every single drop of beer that's being sold right now.
0: You are listening to our Scene in San Diego podcast, our first episode of the new year. Hi, Candice. Happy New Year. Hi, Monica. Same to you. It's good to be back. We want to kick off our podcast today with a quick refresher on our region stay-at-home order, which, again, has changed in the last couple of weeks that we've been here. Um, And it originally went into effect at 11.59 p.m. on December 6th. And the stay-at-home order was originally supposed to last three weeks and expire on December 28th. But last week, state public health officials said the order had
1: been extended. That's right. So California Governor Gavin Newsom said the order is based on ICU capacity across the state. And in the Southern California region, which San Diego County is grouped into, along with 10 other counties, ICU capacity remains really low. So officials have extended the stay-at-home order for our region, as well as the state's San Joaquin Valley region. So today, the order will remain because those projections do not show that San Joaquin Valley and Southern California um, have uh, projected four weeks out ICU capacity over 15%. So they will remain under the order for the time being.
0: And at this point, we don't really know how long this extension of the order will last. State health officials said the two regions will be subject to restrictions until projections from the state show ICU capacity above or equal to 15%. And really, only time will tell how fast or slow our region can get there. So what does this mean for daily life and our dining scene right now, Candace?
1: Well, the order requires most businesses, except for critical infrastructure and retail operations, to close, and it bans gatherings of any size. And it limits local restaurants to take out and delivery. No indoor or outdoor dining is allowed. It's really a tough situation all around.
0: And the extension also impacts craft breweries, bars, and distilleries, all of which remain closed for on site service right now, indoor and outdoor, under the stay at home order. Breweries can offer pickup service, though, which is what some places have been doing in San Diego through the stay-at-home order, and that's exactly what Society Brewing Company has been doing over at its tasting room on Claremont Mesa Boulevard.
1: Society co-founder and owner Doug Constantiner joined our podcast to talk about how the brewery is staying afloat, including canning and distribution. And this is coming from
0: a brewery that was very much against canning for a long long time but you know things have changed because really everything's changed. So let's go ahead and take you into that conversation with Doug. Hi, it's good to see you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Absolutely.
2: Thanks for having me here.
0: Yeah. So Candace and I, we were just talking about the current stay-at-home order, the extension of it through our region here in Southern California. And we were wondering, um, you know, from your standpoint, brewer standpoint, small business owner standpoint, um, from the first shutdown that we had here in San Diego in March to the latest one now, almost a year later, you know, ha- has it gotten any easier to switch gears as a business owner?
2: Um, No. It hasn't gotten any easier. Um, I think the fact that we've gone through it the first time, uh, it allowed us to be a little bit more prepared for this second shutdown. But um, what made it hard – so that part was a little bit easier, that transition. But what's made it harder is now that with the second shutdown, the rollback, people have already figured out how to uh, live their lives without going out. So the first three months, I mean, we had a lot of to-go business, a lot of shipping throughout the state. Um, people were, you know, really excited to help small businesses and go out and spend their money at places they used to go to. And um, throughout the pandemic, I think everyone just got very good at being efficient. And um, being in a industrial area, you know, with no one's really driving to our brewery. Now that there's a second shutdown, you know, it's uh which I don't blame them. You know, this is tiring. Everybody's exhausted mentally, physically of going through this stuff. So that, that part makes it a lot harder. So it's, it's physically strategically easier, but financially harder. So the second shutdown business, uh, on site at least for, uh, um, like what we've seen with drafts, So on-premise at all the restaurants we sell to and on-site here at the brewery is is not what it was during that, that first shutdown.
0: So how are you currently operating, Doug? Like run us through a day at Society today during the second stay-at-home extension. So
2: inside the brewery, it, it seems like things are pretty normal, um, but then you go into our tasting room and it's, we're using it as storage right now. The doors are locked. Uh, we have a stainless table at the front double door entrance with uh, plexiglass so we can serve people that come. But on the production side, it seems everything's normal, other than the fact that we have everybody um, kind of compartmentalized out, depending on which part of production you're in, and everyone's in masks and PVD. Um, so it, it looks normal, given the pandemic right? It's normal for pandemic times, but, uh, we are, I mean, we can, uh, our beers every day. Now we still keg our beers. Um, it's like an alternate universe type looking feeling type thing. But, um, thankfully we have a, a, a good, uh, wholesaler and we we're selling a lot of beer to them and they, uh, they're selling it throughout all Southern California starting today. So, um, last year we were just San Diego and Orange County and, um, this year, we're, we're Santa Barbara down to the border. So, uh, volume's been up quite a bit. Uh, we actually have hired two people this week. Uh, we've increased our staffing like 75% now, year over year.
1: That's great, especially during this time. And are, are you, is your production at, at pre pandemic levels or have you ramped up since you're distributing more?
2: We are triple the size pre pandemic. Oh. Um, I think that is, there's a lot of, things that we've been very lucky to have in place before the pandemic. We hired a VP of sales a year ago. We got our canning line up and running February 27th. Um, that's That's been a big saver. And then a lot of places have furloughed really talented people. They just they didn't have any option. Everybody had to make cuts, and we've been able to bring them on here. And it's uh, incredible the level of uh, skilled. People there are out there that are looking for jobs, so we've tried to capitalize on that. And um, yeah, we were—we are not the same brewery we were one year ago today. I mean, we weren't even canning one year. We were draft only. We were seven hundred restaurants across San Diego. That was our business was on premise, and um, that's been a—it's been a crazy nine months.
1: Uh, Has it? You know, it kind of seems like through the different you know, shutdowns and and county restrictions, it seemed like breweries, which have, you know, been one of the hardest hit local industries have sort of been categorized differently than than wineries and distilleries. Has that been really frustrating?
2: It, it's incredibly frustrating, but there's nothing I can do about it. Um, the uh, our trade organization and a couple of breweries filed a lawsuit against the state to try and get that overturned. But I don't think anything's going to happen anytime soon so you know we can wake up and be mad at uh, these regulations all day or try and do something about it and survive and this industry we're used to being the the little guys we're used to having uh facing adversity left and right so we're, we're fighters and i like to think we have that mentality which is like we're not going to let this keep us down we're going to keep doing everything we can to survive. I mean we go up against giants on a daily basis. Um, not being able to serve on site. I mean it's our elected officials. We gotta follow the gotta follow the rules. It's not up to us. You know, if they say it's like a speed limit, right? Yeah, Yeah, you wanna drive eighty, but you shouldn't. Like it's in place for a reason. So it's kinda just like just do it. It's it's sad. I, I I feel for the restaurants. I mean, the, the no dining outside thing is, we all know it doesn't make sense, you know, not, but nothing in this pandemic makes sense. Nothing makes sense. And um, it's awful. It's, it's sad. It's really sad. I'd say it's more saddening than it is uh, frustrating. Um, I, it, just the fact that all these small businesses, I mean, we were, all small businesses struggle. We live paycheck to paycheck, just like a lot of people out there and um, it was hard to stay open for a lot of restaurants at 100% capacity with normal times and to put this on people uh, the business operators you know, I feel for not just the owners of the restaurants but the employees too I mean everybody's got rent to pay you know and it's it's awful it's it's so sad and yeah I, uh, it's terrible You know, it's not just from, like, an economical standpoint, too, but, I don't know, I'm a very social being. And I know there's some introverts out there that are probably like, yeah, this is, you know, I don't mind this at all. But I, like, I get my energy from being around other people. And from, like, a selfish standpoint, I'm like, I miss seeing friends and uh, going out to a bar, getting a beer, uh, being up. I mean, we're in Kearney Mesa. We're surrounded by, like, the best – Asian food in San Diego, in my opinion. And it's like, I miss going to get ramen. I miss, you know, yakitori. I miss all that stuff that's like as tasty as it is socially enjoyable, you know? And that's, I mean, we started our brewery called Society because it's the greatest social uniter. Like that's what we've based it off of is like people getting together that it's, it's not just the product. It's everything that comes with getting together with friends and sharing those those moments and the product and everything. And uh, so, sorry, that was a long-winded answer.
0: <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, we've we've definitely been talking to business owners, people in the restaurant industry about that same thing. You know, it's just a struggle right now and just trying to figure out what your next step is. And everyone's path looks different because this whole thing is, we've never done anything like this before, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to um, ask you, Doug, I know, you know, canning is a huge deal for society. You know, you're finally canning, which which that's been a big boom for a lot of craft, local craft brewers during the pandemic. Why was society so resistant to canning before all of this happened? And and t- take us through the thought process of kind of how that shifted for you.
2: Yeah, the the biggest thing why we hadn't canned was really a, a, a trying to ensure the highest quality product to consumers. And I think on a small scale, if you're only drafts so kegs at restaurants or on site, that's probably your best bet when you're small. Uh, when you start to put your product in a package, like a can or a bottle, and it's going out to stores, you enter a new world of uh, potential quality issues. So we wanted to make sure we had the right canning line with the uh, right technology in terms of mechanical uh, computer technology to have proper fills, good seams on the cans, and then also a proper lab with a QA, QC program to make sure we know at, you know, 60 days after this beer is canned, we know exactly what it's going to taste like when it's on the shelf, and we need to make sure we're okay with that. So the the lab build-out was as expensive as the canning line. So we're about half a million dollars in just – and half of that was uh, – not the canning line. Um, That's why we were resistant to, we want to make sure if we did it, we did it the right way. And I do believe that as a brewery gets bigger, the beer should get better because you're able to ensure that quality product. I think when you're small, um, the best way to ensure quality is, is draft. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to put a keg in a, in a restaurant cooler and they serve it fresh on draft. It, you know, you're not really going to risk it sitting out on a warm shelf too much. And with any sort of packaged product, that's, that's a big risk. But um, that's why we were resistant to it. But this year we have plans to can. Um, what's funny, though, is we weren't going to start canning until June 1st. And uh, we have a new chairman on the board who came on about 16 months ago. And he was like, you need to get that canning line in sooner. He's like, I want that thing up and running February 1st. February 27th, but uh, that, that along with all of our employees here, I mean, it saved us. It absolutely saved us. Um, I mean, we, we lost 92% of our revenue on March 16th, just overnight millions of dollars gone. Um, So the the canning and uh, kind of pivoting everything we could into packaging. I mean, we had to dump so much beer those in kegs. So much beer. I know it's sad. It's That's really sad. So sad. <laughs> we turned some of it into hand sanitizer, but now you get sanitizer everywhere and it doesn't smell too good anyway. So.
1: <laughs> so the the pandemic sped up the canning process. Are you are you wishing now that you had done it sooner? Maybe started to look at it, you know, earlier on?
2: Um no, I think the timing was right. It's it's weird. As bad as the situation has been as awful as 2020 was, everything kind of fell into place at the right time. It, it's, it's crazy. I don't know what we did to deserve this, but um, it worked out perfectly. I think if we had started canning before, we wouldn't have been able to hire all these talented people from other breweries that ran canning lines and labs. And they came in, we just they hit the ground running. And I think uh, had we started before that, we would have had some, some uh, growing pains.
1: Have you guys made other, you know, changes, implemented other new, new things that might sort of stick around even after?
2: Um, yeah, we're, we're shipping beer now throughout the state. I think that's probably the the biggest thing. Um, so not distributing outside Southern California. If you're in San Francisco, we will ship you a case of beer overnight and we split the shipping costs with you. I think that's the biggest thing that, uh, you know, every brewery is, is kind of really pumped to do because so
0: people aren't coming to you anymore. You got to find a way to bring the product to them now, you know?
2: Yeah, exactly. I think that's the biggest thing, but really just canning and I don't know, it's, it's made us mature. So we have a bunch of new programs in for the staff that I think makes it a much better workplace. I mean, we, uh, it's made us really look around and care for everybody and really realize, you know, the people are what, inside this roof or what mattered and obviously our customers too but um i don't know it just it, it's gotten us to reflect a lot on our situation but um from like a business strategy standpoint not really no we're just we're just taking it day by day cruising really happy 2020 is over i don't know you know it's like so nice to kind of like wipe everything clean and be like all right oh as my wife said she's like doesn't mean anything's gonna change i'm like i know but at least Like, we know what's coming. We can, like, plan this year from a budget standpoint, knowing what's coming and uh, setting our expectations, you know, a little more realistic and, and kind of matching ourselves based off of that. That's
0: good. So I know, Doug, that um, last month it was announced that society had started distribution with Stone Distributing. So um, how is that working out? And you mentioned where some of the canned beers are available, like to ship now. But where can people find the canned products now anywhere beyond San Diego?
2: Yeah, so uh, Santa Barbara. So we're in seven counties. Santa Barbara, Ventura, L.A., Orange, San Diego, Riverside, Temecula, San Bernardino, Imperial, even Catalina. Wow and uh, wherever wherever beer is sold we 'll be there, so that 's a, a huge step for us. Um, you know We kind of put our foot in the water with uh, cans in in February and March, and then just jumped in and now're we 're going for it and uh, it 's fun i mean the the demand was there we still can 't keep up with how fast the the cans are selling, which is kind of cool so we 're We've brought on more fermenters to increase capacity. We are adding another vessel to our brew house so we can have uh, more brews per day. Um, we have more salespeople. I mean, we just, we're doing a disservice to people who like our beer but can't get it. So we want to make sure we get it everywhere.
1: Finally, your fans. Yeah, yeah. Next, are, you, are you hoping to go beyond that, planning for it?
2: Yeah, we're looking uh, – we have started talks with some people up in Northern California. So it would be nice by the end of this year to do – you know, get some Bay Area distribution, Sacramento area. Um, and, you know, we'll, we want to make sure what we do in Southern California, that's our, our top priority. we got to get that right first and then uh, focus on something else after that. But, uh, yeah, this first quarter is going to make sure we succeed in Southern California, and then we'll, we'll look at Northern California, Central Coast, and possibly – some other states outside of, you know, geographically close to so Arizona, Nevada, Oregon.
1: Um, You know, this is kind of a big question, but what, you know, given all that's happened, what is the future for, for craft breweries? You know, what is the, what's your industry's kind of biggest concern right now? Um, And, you know, do you think that, sort of the current model of like a central, you know, production brewery with lots of satellite tasting rooms that people are doing. Is that something that's going to continue or, or might it shift?
2: You know, I think, I think it'll continue. The the margins on tasting rooms are so high that uh, you could have very little revenue and still be profitable. Um, I think it's a, a good business model. I think it'll work. I think the people who relied solely or mostly on, on premise or hurting, but might be able to stick around because they can make, they, they're more nimble. Um, I think, uh, I, we're going to lose a lot of breweries like we are restaurants. That's, it's inevitable. Um, depending on how long this lasts, but you know, right when the shutdown happened, I heard some statistic that was like, if if you're unemployed for two months, so you have no income for two months, it takes you twice as long, so four months to get out of that hole. So we're now in nine months, so we're looking at 18 months if everything went back to normal today to get back to normal financially. Um, and I think we could go a little bit longer before, you know, it's going to be a slow. If things, when things get back to normal, I think it'll still be a while where people won't be able to get out of that hole. And that's, that's all small business. And then they'll they have no option but to close, but people aren't going to stop drinking beer. I mean, people want to drink craft beer. I mean, it's, especially in San Diego. I mean, it's just part of our DNA here. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hopeful, but I think that's a fault of mine is that I'm a little too positive sometimes. And, uh, I, yeah, we need beer. We need beer, and <laughs> anybody who works at a brewery, owns a brewery, knows that too. And uh, I think that just that, uh, the feeling, the sense of uh, people spending their money here or even you know, writing a positive review on Yelp or Google or anything like that, it doesn't pay the bills, but it definitely puts a lot of fuel in our gas tanks to keep going.
1: What about uh, future satellite tasting rooms for society?
2: Definitely. Definitely. I think we're now at a point, I've always seen satellite tasting rooms as a, not like a, I've never liked them from a financial standpoint um, because there's a ceiling. You can only serve so many beers across a bar in a small space. Whereas a production facility, you know, the, the, you can hit the ball a lot farther than you can in a, in a satellite tasting room. So we like it as a marketing thing. If we were to do one in Orange County or L.A. or North County or somewhere, you know, we're we have fans all over and they don't want to drive to Kearney Mesa. They can go to that satellite tasting room and get the society experience. Mm -hmm. I always use uh, when Stone had their first satellite in South Park, like when there were 25 breweries in San Diego and you lived in South Park or North Park and you didn't want to, you know, haul yourself up to Escondido to go get a growler fill you could walk into that taste room and they had like the rebar clothing hangers and it it looked and felt like stone. Like it was the stone experience. I think, I think that's a great way to use a satellite taste room. I think modern times does a good job of it too. Um, I like it for that and, and not so much as a, uh, like a, a, a cash driver. Right.
1: I mean a lot of seems a lot of breweries, you know, out of the gate, they, you know, they establish themselves and then open up all over the place. Is there a reason why you guys have, you know, sort of resisted so far? Or do you're just sort of biding your time until
2: it's the uh, right time? Lack of knowledge and experience and hospitality. <laughs> I think that's the main thing. You know, we started a brewery to make beer. That's what we're good at. And we've always had to hire uh professionals with experience to run our front of house, I think that's that's the biggest thing. If I had a restaurant background, we'd probably have a bunch of places, but I don't. I You know, bartended and stuff like you're pretty,
1: that. You're pretty good with hospitality, though.
2: Well, we have a really good team. It has yeah. nothing to do with me. I promise you that.
0: <laughs> Doug, um, I know, you know, we've seen sadly some brewery shutters since the start of the pandemic in san diego county i mean it's inevitable we're seeing it with restaurants too um are you seeing like a common thread in some of the closures of your your colleagues over the last few months and you know do you think there are going to be more
2: i think i don't see a common thread it's as confusing as the pandemic like in like one thing we also you know talking to all my brewery friends one we share recipes we share tips everything one thing that's like really never talked about is financials so it now more than ever it's like i'm like a don't go there don't even ask so it's um it's hard to kind of figure out what's happening but i imagine that whether you're you know one of the big guys in town or one of the, the little guys um we're kind of in between even the people in between i mean there's everybody's getting affected differently it's it's crazy it's just like the virus affects everyone differently i mean this this lockdown this pandemic is affecting every business doesn't matter if you're the you know the replica of society somewhere else is going to be hit differently could be based on their location um how are packaging i mean just so many different things so no no common thread yeah and i do think there's going to be a more closures. I mean, we were at 150 breweries, something like that. And uh, restaurants, if restaurants go out of business, I mean, breweries are going to go out of business too, because we make our money selling to restaurants. And um, I mean, our projected numbers are down 70% for draft. And when this ends and things go back to normal, there's gonna be a lot less restaurants around. And those that open, we saw with the first opening, and if you had 24 tap handles, you might only have four tap handles on because you wanted to make sure that beer moved through. There's gonna be a lot less selection, and uh, it's gonna to be, to be tough. And I think we need the on-premise, uh, on-site at breweries to come back to have like a real fighting chance. Mm-hmm. And that goes for satellites and brew pubs that, you know, the uh, pizza ports and Carl Strauss's too. I mean, the, the, the on-premise has to come back in some sort of way to give us uh, a chance.
1: Yeah. Is there something sort of key that you could sort of give advice to other breweries? Something that if they're not doing, they should be doing, There, they need to be doing right now just to sort of weather, weather all this?
2: Um, hire an accounting firm and start getting a cash flow statement every single week to know where you are 13 weeks out. Uh, We've always done that. I have a finance background. Uh, We have a rolling 13-week cash flow forecast. And uh, it just kind of gives us, you know, you know, 13 weeks out, there's a a huge brick wall that you're driving straight into. Like At least you kind of have like a chance to turn a little bit and make some
0: pump the brakes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes some changes before it's too late. That's, that's the biggest thing. And then I don't know, just have faith, have belief in our customers. And again, it's San Diego. Like I moved here from New York city for beer. I started a brewery in San Diego because this is the greatest place for beer in the whole entire world. And I've traveled all over the world. I've gone to breweries everywhere. The greatest concentration of world-class breweries is here in San Diego. And it's not just because there's good breweries, it's because the people of San Diego know what good beer is more than anywhere else, more than anywhere else. So it's uh, it's just like a natural thing for a San Diegan to drink good craft beer. And uh, I think that that the, the customer base more than anything else is what's going to save us. So that that's my advice is, you know, don't quit. We're not quitters, we're fighters. And yeah. uh, people are sad. Drinking unfortunately is up. And uh Well,
1: if you're gonna drink, like, might as well drink good beer.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Besides besides buying beer directly, you know, from you and other breweries, are there other ways that people can support support you right now?
2: Right? Positive reviews. You know, there's this uh our industry, restaurant industry has a you know a very complicated relationship with all the review sites. And usually it seems like when you have a good experience, you don't say anything. When you have a bad one, you do. Uh, I think now's the time to look back at all the places you really love and get on Yelp, get on Google, write them a review, call people out that you miss. I mean, I every time we get a good review, I share it with the whole company. And it really makes, it goes so far. It goes so far to know that we have people out there that love us. You know, when we're, like I said, when you're here, it's, it's normal, but, you know, alternate universe. And we go home and we deal with the pandemic and we come back to work and we deal with it. And hearing from a regular, who gives you a five-star Yelp review and says, you know, they have great beer, great service. And I like, you know, Tom behind the bar is awesome and, and uh the bathrooms are clean and they do a great job. Like that goes so far, uh, at least for me and, and the people here. Um I think that's a it's a it's free. It's absolutely free. And it takes a couple minutes. Um do that for restaurants too. I mean we need it. It's the uh easiest, quickest way to make someone feel good. Um that I'd say that, yeah, and then you know. When you, uh, I don't know, buy beer on site, buy it at restaurants, support the restaurants, like everything, so for every job at a brewery, six other jobs are created. So that could be uh, servers, wholesalers, um, marketing people. Like it, there's, a, there's a wide reach from breweries. So the, the more we're out there and spending our money, I mean, vote, vote with your dollars. I guess that's what I would say is vote with your dollars if you can't. Everybody's financially right now is effed, but we all need to drink beer. So know that it does not go unnoticed. I promise you every can we sell does not go unnoticed. And I'm grateful for every single drop of beer that's being sold right now. And uh, customers are important. That's one of our, that's one of our core values. And uh, we live by it and we care about our customers.
0: Well, that's a good, good note to wrap up on. I think. <laughs> Thank you so much, Doug, for your time and uh, your thoughtful answers. We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. It's, uh, we're gonna make it. It's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be okay.
0: Society Brewing is part of the San Diego Brewers Guild, a local group that continues to find ways to support our city's unique craft brewing scene. The Guild is providing resources for breweries on its website as the industry continues to weather the pandemic, and you can visit sdbeer.com for more information about that.
1: And check out our podcast episode from last summer with Paige McWay-Akers, Executive Director of the San Diego Brewers Guild, who gave us some great perspective on how the local craft beer industry is handling the hits of the pandemic. Thanks for hanging out with us again. You
0: can find the stories we talked about today in our Eater San Diego and NBC7 Roundups, which publish every Friday on the Scene section of NBC7.com.
1: We also have links to everything we talked about today in our show notes articles on both NBC7.com and SanDiego.Eater.com.
0: If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe to Scene in San Diego on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher, wherever you enjoy listening to
1: podcasts. Happy New Year, and we'll talk again soon.